1 Timothy 3, 8 through 13. Deacons likewise must be dignified, not double-tongued, not addicted to much wine, not greedy for dishonest gain. They must hold the mystery of the faith with a clear conscience. And let them also be tested first. Then let them serve as deacons if they prove themselves blameless. Their wives likewise must be dignified, not slanderers, but sober-minded, faithful in all things. Let deacons each be the husband of one wife, managing their children and their own households well. For those who serve well as deacons gain a good standing for themselves and also great confidence in the faith that is in Christ Jesus. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Man, continuing on here, Will, with this idea of church leadership, Mm -hmm. looked at elders yesterday, and today we're looking at the role of a deacon. Yep. And this one includes the ladies. Yeah, yeah. And so you see in this one the role of a deacon's wife and what her character is to look like, as well as that is if he's married. And we can talk about that. Can a deacon not be married? Um, And so let's start. What you think? Yeah. Well, so jumping off of yesterday's passage, one of the, the things that we didn't really mention is there's obviously this qualification of not being a recent convert and so like the elders are are far down the road you know and and kind of one of the things that we were just talking about is these qualifications for like elders qualifications for deacons are also kind of just the general rules for like living the christian life you know like we we should all be sober-minded self-controlled respect respectable hospitable and but there's like this expectation of development and wisdom in that area. And so like the deacon role, it's kind of an interesting thing. I'm, I'm looking at this, uh, this commentary on Lagos and this is actually like one of the only places where the whole idea of like being a deacon is mentioned in the new Testament. And it's, it's kind of like this um, less clearly defined role than and less clearly talked about as some of the other um shepherding roles but you know we it, it's clearly this walking towards like being an overseer and so we see a lot of the same qualifications of of being um dignified and not double-tongued and, and, and you know a lot of this kind of comes down to being well thought of like the reputation really really matters because ultimately you know this is about bringing honor to the name of christ and so the people that you have at the helm of the ship um you know if it's people who who live like fools or who live greedily or dishonestly you know what does that say about any religious conviction that they hold yeah i I, I agree with you. There's this testing. And so the the testing period happens before they're serving. And and that's hard. That's hard for a church because what if the church is growing? And what if you need people to serve? Mm-hmm. Uh, you need people to help. It's real easy just to say, you're yeah. a warm body. You're here all the time. Come yeah. on. But w- when that happens, the church isn't doing that, that man a favor mm. because we're setting that person up to potentially fail. Sometimes people don't. Uh, but also sometimes people sneak through the cracks. Yeah. And that's hard because they were 
deceptive and it was hard to tell and mm-hmm. uh, they seem to fit the bill but Paul is is emphasizing here twice now mm-hmm. hey don't let this person be a recent convert for elder let this person be tested and proven as deacon like a waiting period a growing in Christ period a maturity period needs to take place and our Messiah mm-hmm. God in the flesh was much older mm. when he started his ministry. Yeah. Now he called some younger guys to work with him. All those disciples were younger, but Jesus was probably closer to 30 when he started mm-hmm. his ministry. Yeah. He didn't have to go through that, but he models that for us, which is really cool. When yeah. it comes to the first deacons, you know, a lot of folks would say it's clear the first deacons are in Acts chapter six. Mm. And in Acts six, uh, I'll just read it to you. It says, the 12 summoned the full number of the disciples and said, it's not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. Therefore, brothers, pick out among you seven men of good repute, full of the spirit and of wisdom, and we will appoint this duty. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and the ministry of the word. You kind of see in Acts 6, the mm. formation of elders mm-hmm. and deacons. Yeah, yeah. Now, the interesting thing is, It's easy to look and say, oh, well, elders are like super important and deacons are like servers. Mm -hmm. But the church's, one of the church's first uh, evangelist, Philip, Mm -hmm. is in that group of deacons. Yeah, yeah. And they discovered an incredible preacher in that first group of deacons, Stephen. Yeah, yeah. When Stephen's on trial, he gives one of the best sermons in the New Testament. Yeah. Absolutely. And so I think we have to say, hey, this is a noble role, the servant of the church, the deacon. Yeah, absolutely. And then so we have this note in verse 12 on uh, let each be the husband of one wife managing their children in their own house. Oh, sorry. Verse 11, their lives likewise must be dignified, not slanders, but sober minded and faithful in all things. And, you know, I'm grateful that when I think of Jenna, when I think of Heather, you know, when I think of most of the wives of people who work for the church or are leaders in the church, um, there, there's so much dignity and, and faithfulness in, in the yeah. women that surround us. And I, I think it really shows because, um, and, and this is a two-way street. It's not just like a, a woman thing, but in marriage, when when one spouse is really trying to grow and live disciplined and focus, and then one is not, you know, the, the other drags, like the weaker drags, the stronger down and they have less to give. They have less capacity. um, They have less energy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I I think that this is also just a really wise, um, a, a really wise note. And, you know, we know from, um, elsewhere in Paul's writings that, you know, obviously he's not married and he actually kind of thinks that it's the, that's the way to go, you know, like he is, he has no regrets. And, um, but he knows for those who are married, that it is essential that that family unit is one that's of mutual upbuilding, you know? Yeah. I mean, we have a, uh, we have a Messiah who was single. We have Mm -hmm. Paul who was single. And, uh, and so I don't think this person, has to be a married man, but if he is, he's got to be a one woman man. Mm-hmm. And his wife has, uh, I love, I love the word dignified. Yeah. 
like people know man she, she's not in it for like a fashion show or in yeah. it for like her her status mm-hmm. um or to be seen yeah she, she's got a genuine walk with the lord mm-hmm. now both of these i think it's good to clarify the elders and the deacons nowhere does paul say they have to be perfect yes <laughs> yeah and i think it's a warning for all of us hey let's let's expect godliness from our elders and deacons mm. but perfection is gonna that standard of perfection we're, we're gonna we're just gonna be disappointed when we put folks up on pedestals but simultaneously we need to hold our elders and our deacons to a high high standard that's only capable if the grace of christ is working itself out in them yeah absolutely you know i i also kind of want to make a quick note to this this phrase in verse nine is so fascinating they must hold the mystery of the faith with uh, a clear conscience mystery of the faith uh, yeah i love that oh I, yeah i love you know like I, I think this is another great model that we have from paul in the new testament but viewing the gospel as something to you know like to be hungry for doctrine to understand god and and the gospel rightly but to also grasp the paradoxical incomprehensible nature of the gospel and also a lot of times when paul's talking about the mystery of the gospel it's referring to like the the jews and gentiles being made one in christ and i don't know i i think that there is such a a great charge in this to to hold the mystery of the gospel with a clear conscience you know there there's this that that speaks to purity that speaks to humility mm-hmm. and and i think it also just speaks to to wonder you know and, and to wonder at the the mystery of the gospel and to be faithful unto it i mean it it is uh it is a mystery that the lord would love us mm. that he cares for us that he manifests in the flesh, mm-hmm. um, that he goes to the cross, that he offers salvation, and mm. we we do well when we walk in that mystery and embrace totally. that mystery. Mm-hmm. Man, mm-hmm. what a good word! And he's going to bring that up in in our next section uh, tomorrow. He's going to he brings that up in Ephesians five. He brings that up over and over again. Yeah, man. Well, this has been awesome. For Will Carlisle, I'm Thomas Nelson. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for Our Daily Rhythm.